gratitude has become this thing that I do, not just thing that not this thing that I feel. So I think gratitude is a verb way more than it is some sort of an emotion, right? Mm. Gratitude has this unbelievable ability when we use it tactically. And that's the way I think we should look at gratitude. It should be tactical gratitude, not this passive emotional thingy that comes up from time to time. When it comes to building a business empire online while intentionally cultivating a thriving life at home with kids, well, there is no roadmap. It's not easy, but the great news is we're not alone. We live in a crazy world that is truly unlike any other time in our history. And if you're like me, you've got an impact of your own to make, but you're not willing to sacrifice your relationship with those that you love in order to get it. My name is Stephanie Dove Blake, and this is the Powerful Parenting Journey Podcast where we'll journey together to learn what it means to be a truly powerful parent. Let's go. Okay, guys, this is it. I'm getting to interview Kevin Playson. Now, I met Kevin in uh, Russell Brunson's inner circle, and uh, Kevin and I strike up this conversation, as you do in Masterminds, and oh my gosh, he blew my mind. Like, whenever Kevin started talking about um, something that I feel like people talk about quite a bit, but we kind of glaze over a little bit, maybe it with gratitude, but the way Kevin started talking about gratitude and then furthermore, how Kevin started talking about how gratitude had completely impacted his life and then the lives of his family and how he implements it in his family. I was like, okay, that's it. I've got some stuff here that I want you guys to know about who Kevin is. He's Kevin Clayson, the official officer of awesome. That's literally on his website. And I love that so much. He's a business owner, inspirational, international keynote speaker, and a very successful author. As a business owner, Kevin co-founded a real estate investment company called Done For You Real Estate uh, USA. And that has been successful in redefining their customers' retirement plans with real estate investments for more than 10 years. He's been featured on things like ABC Utah, Entrepreneur on Fire podcast, the Go-Giver podcast, the Jimmy Rex show, and so much more. And he prides himself on uh, sharing a simple formula he has for ultimate joy and fulfillment. And one of my favorite quotes that Kevin has on his website, he says, the most important work that we will ever do will be inside the four walls of our home. Tell us a little bit about gratitude, why you wrote, it's called flipping the switch of gratitude, right? Did I get that exactly Flip right? The gratitude switch. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Flip the gratitude switch. So tell us a little bit about that, Kevin. Yeah. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. And I just, I just need everybody, like, I don't know who's listening to this podcast. This is going to be a massive hit. I know it's going to be because you're amazing, Stephanie. And I just want to tell everybody, okay, if you were ever in any sort of a mastermind group, if you were ever, if you... It's so critical that you get yourself in the room and you've heard it before, right? People are like, you never know who you're sitting next to. The first inner circle mastermind group that I had a chance to go to, I'm sitting next to you, Stephanie. And I had no idea who you were. I didn't know anything about you, but I knew instantly you were the kind of human that I want in my life. And I just want everybody listening to know, look, I I do not shy away from my belief in God. So uh, if if y'all out there don't believe in God, that's okay. Um, I love you, uh, but I believe in God. And so that is my frame of reference. I am a big believer that when you show up, you do the work to be in the room, God will put the right people in your path at precisely the right time for a relationship to grow so that they can truly be mutually beneficial. And there we were sitting at the table, getting lunch. And now here we are a couple of years later, having this conversation that is more critical than maybe at any other time, like what our kids are facing. And you and I were talking about this 
before we jumped on the podcast, what our kids are facing right now is, is more than I think we fully understand as parents. Like we, we think we get it. Cause we're like, Oh yeah, I was a teenager. Like I remember what it was like. And don't you love it? Like when we tell that to our children, we're like, I remember what it was like to be a teenager. Listen, <laughs> we were not this kind of teenager, not in this world, not with these smartphones, not with this internet, not with this sort of predation of pornography. That's ever we, it, it, the, the version of our kids' lives is different from the version that we had. We just have yes. to understand that and acknowledge it and be okay with it and realize that we get to show up and love our kids right where they are. And that is so critical that yes. we don't try to put them where we want them to be, but that we get to love them right where they are. And that for me is why I have that quote in my bio is I, I am a big believer that there is no amount of worldly temporal monetary success that can that can make up for failure in the home. And and when I say failure in the home, let me be clear. All of us will have kids that will have issues and may have depression and anxiety and may have suicidal ideations and may struggle with things about who they are and how they want to show up to life and and they may they may want to be out of our lives like all of that. That's not what I mean when I say failure in the home to be clear. I don't think a successful parent is one whose children do precisely. It's not like the sound of music, right? Mm -hmm. Where all the kids just like line up yes. and are like absolutely perfect in their little, you know, outfits. That's not what I think success in the home is. For me, success in the home is teaching principles that even if your kids don't want to believe them and don't want to engage them now, if we can keep in our mind that somewhere down the road, when they're facing something difficult, if they can remember that we taught and not just taught, but illustrated principles that are true and eternal and real, and they can rely on those at their darkest moments, that for me is what success in the home looks like. But that may not always be visible success on Instagram. Okay. And, and, and it, it, that it just may not be the case. And so I'm a believer that if, if the, I, the way I measure it is like, if for some reason my kids, something happened and they were out of my home and I hadn't seen them for a decade, would they know that dad loves them no matter what and always did? That is the success mm. we need to look for. One of my favorite books, Stephanie, it's uh, it's a religious book and it's written by a surprising author. Okay. But I'm, I'm a, I'm a member of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. This guy is as well. Um, but he's very famous. You may have heard of a guy named Steve Young. Uh, and it, you know, he was the, uh, the, the Super Bowl winning quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers. Oh, okay. He wrote a book called the law of love. And in that book, he teaches this principle that the law of love supersedes almost everything else. And here's the law of love seeking another's healing with zero expectation of return. It is moving from transactional love to, to true charitable love that, that, that has no bounds. And if we can do that as parents, that's the success in the home that I'm talking about. If we can yes. always, if we can always seek our children's healing and always love them regardless of the choices they make, that for me is success in the home. If they know that and can feel that, we've we've done something. And gratitude's been a big piece for me in teaching those principles and in teaching my kids that there is so much more to look for in this life than maybe the world teaches them there is. Kevin, oh my gosh, I love that so, so much. And one of the things that you said 
reminded me of something that a lady named Sally Clarkson had told me and, uh, or had, it was at a conference and I was sitting there in this room full of other moms, uh, predominantly homeschooling moms. And she was talking about uh, the fact that our children have all these voices in their heads, right? Uh, just like we do, right? We've, we've got like this negative Nancy in our head and we've got the external voices that become internal voices. And she said, whenever your children grow up, don't you want to for them to hear your voice? And whenever they do hear your voice in their mind and in their heart, that it would be the good things, that it would be the whispers of I love you and the yes. encouraging words and, and the things that you spoke into their hearts. Um, and so often we are in these situations with our children where it can be incredibly frustrating and we're human, right? We're human and they're humans and we're all a big fat mess together, right? Yeah. But as their parents, I think what you're talking about right now is one of the most powerful things. And that's that non-transactional love, this unconditional love. And for me personally, Kevin, just like you, I mean, I'm a woman of faith and um, I have have not been able to um, live out this unconditional love apart from my faith because that's Mm, where I experience that unconditional love, right? Agreed. So when my kids are in the midst of making wrong decisions or just being flat out ugly about stuff or super frustrating. And I'm in those moments, you know, we all have these choices. We can choose to respond in the moment and to give them what maybe we think they deserve, right. And act out of our own emotions or what I call it. It's like, okay, God, please help me have the Eagle's eye view right now. Yeah. And so it's almost like instead of being in my physical body, being in my all of my emotions, all of my feeling to be able to zoom out and get that eagle's eye view and say, wait a second. No, no, no. This is my son. This, yeah. is, this is flesh of my flesh. This is the one I prayed for. Uh, no matter what is going on right now, there's nothing that can stop how much I love him. And I want to make sure the words that are about to come out of my mouth reflect that deep abiding love that I have for him as my son. And sometimes I win and sometimes I don't win. So Kevin, talk to me about how you handle those situations whenever you're in those moments, because I know gratitude plays such a huge role in how you teach them, but how has it impacted you and how you treat your kids? Yeah. So it's such a good question. And, and what you talked about is that thing that all of us will face. Okay. Like we're all going to have those moments of frustration without a doubt and without exception. And the way that I have been able to utilize gratitude for me, it's a it, gratitude has become this thing that I do, not just thing that not this thing that I feel. So I think gratitude is a verb way more than it is some sort of an emotion, right? Mm. Gratitude has this unbelievable ability when we use it tactically. And that's the way I think we should look at gratitude. It should be tactical gratitude, not this passive emotional thingy that comes up from time to time. But this is something that we go, it is a, it is tactical. I always, you know what I think of? This is so silly. But I, uh, did you, you ever seen the the Jason Bourne movies? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Have you read the books? No. <laughs> no. Okay. So I? I read the books. And listen, when we're entrepreneurs, we say we read books. We don't read books. We listen to books. Um, but uh, but I listen. I listened to the Jason Bourne series. And for some reason, you know, it's like, yeah, it was action-packed and whatever. And they're totally different than the movies. But there was this one line in this one book that I never forgot. And Jason Bourne, the character, is talking about his greatest weapon. And you want to know what his greatest weapon was? What? It was sleep. 
when he was well rested, he so he would always make sure to get the rest he needed because sleep, he viewed it as a weapon. If he could sleep and his opponent couldn't, he was more clear eyed and had more energy. And so it was like, I always had the thought tactical sleep. And I think that's where tactical gratitude comes from, right? It's like, instead of this passive thing that we think about, it's like, how does it become this actionable thing that that truly has a real life impact? And for me, the way I've, I've articulated that is through something I call flipping the gratitude switch. And this is what I ultimately wrote the book about. And, and just so everybody knows kind of where this came from. So I got to a point in my life where on paper, everything was good, right? It was like, the, you know, we had this company and we were successful and I was traveling all over the country and I was speaking and I was doing these great things and I had this one little girl at home and we'd just given birth to our second kid who's now my 11-year-old boy and everything on paper was great. Everything that I could have wanted, got a house, I got a car, I got the family, got a beautiful wife. Um, I actually went through a divorce. I was married for three and a half years and then she fell in love with somebody else and left me. And so um, I, I found my true love in my wife, Milana. We've been married almost 16 years now. And it was like, I had the happiness I wanted from my relationship as a dad, as a business owner. And even though on paper, Stephanie, and how often is this the case, not just for you and me, but for our kids, even though on paper, everything was lining up, I could not find fulfillment. Wow. And fulfillment is different than happiness, right? Happiness can be an emotion. Joy can be an emotion. And those things can be triggered by, you know, um, like, like chemicals in our brain, like, like yeah. dopamine, the reward chemical or serotonin, the mood changer, right? Maybe even oxytocin, sort of that feeling of love. So we have these, these neurochemicals that can make us feel some kind of way. Fulfillment is perpetual though, right? Fulfillment isn't a thing that you feel in a moment. Yeah. Fulfillment is a thing that you achieve, right? That, that becomes, uh, I speak German and the word for perfect in German is vollkommen. It's, it's a, 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 a becoming to a fullness, right? Like that's what perfect means. And I've always thought about that. That's what fulfillment is. It's getting to a point where you feel it literally exudes from you. And I had no fulfillment, even though there was aspects of my life where there was happiness. And I think that's a really critical difference that we have to understand. And so here I was not experiencing the fulfillment that I wanted. And I'm like, what do I do? I don't get it. I've done everything that I should, right? I've read all the personal development books. I've done all the stuff, right? I've been to all the seminars. I've done the things. I've achieved success, whatever. How am I not fulfilled? And I was sitting in my car this one day and in this moment, feeling like I don't understand my life. How did I do everything that I'm supposed to and have all these things on paper and I'm not fulfilled? And I kind of had this feeling that I think we get also as parents sometime of like, can I just tap out real quick? Can I just like not? I just want to not. Can I just like, like it, everything can go ahead and exist. I just, I just want to not have to deal with that right now. Yep. Um, and I just was like, I mean, what are my choices? Like I have to deal with it. It's I gotta face it. It's right there, but I don't know what to do. And as I'm sitting here in this moment, just kind of stewing and marinating in my discontent, because that's really what it was. Yeah. Um, God gave me one word. Like, I'm not even kidding. It was like the heavens parted and a lightning bolt went from the heavens into my brainstem. And it was like, this was the word and it was gratitude. And I literally sitting in my car, I hear that word gratitude. And I literally kind of like look up like towards the sky and I'm like, really? Like, <laughs> like, 
<laughs> like, are you kidding That's, me? Yeah. Like people are so sick and tired of hearing about gratitude. You kind of just overlook it. You know, it's like, oh yeah, gratitude. Yes. Yeah, I should be grateful. I know, I know. Exactly. And that was my thought. I was like, whatever, God, like <laughs> gratitude. Like I'm good. I tried the gratitude journal before, by the way, I tried it and it didn't work. Okay. It didn't work for me. So all y'all out there with your gratitude journals, congratulations. That didn't work for me. It needed to be something more. And I was like, how am I going to do this? How am I supposed, if I don't know where to turn, but God is telling me gratitude, then I better turn yeah. to gratitude. So then yeah. guess what? I did what we all would do, Stephanie. I started to read the books and I started to do more research and I started, and everybody was saying the same crap. So a gratitude journal, like go on a gratitude walk, like have a gratitude jar. And I'm like, all of that stuff was not working for me. Okay. It wasn't. And I was like, here's the problem. Everybody's telling me gratitude's important, but what if I don't have any? Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do I go find gratitude when I don't feel there's anything to be thankful for? And I could tell myself, right? I knew sort of intellectually, right? That that gratitude is something I can cultivate. Like, I think I knew that internally. Yeah. But when you're in that moment and you don't feel it, how do you get from the place of none to some and then a bounty of it? And that's what I didn't know. And so I started to do all this research. There was nothing out there, to be totally honest, that told you how to find and cultivate gratitude in the midst of life's most difficult moments and trials. Mm -hmm. And so God took me on a journey and I won't bore you with all of it, but I will tell you that it is is literally a formula that I utilize on the daily. And it's a formula. Here's what's cool about it. The way it's tactical is it's something you physically do and think through. And there's four steps and it goes along with the acronym FLIP, which is the reminder to flip the gratitude. That flipping of the gratitude switch isn't just an acronym action oriented. It's also analogy. If, If you're okay with it, if you don't mind, I'd love to share the analogy, then actually dive into the, how it all works. Is that okay? Yes, please do. Please do. And then make sure, make sure, because I just want to hear your answer so bad. Like as you dive into that part and you share it. So then bring us to a moment where, you know, where you're, we're dealing with this, this frustrating parenting, you know, conundrum that we all face where our kids are being super frustrating. And how do we, how do we bring that into it? Like, how does that actually affect that, those pieces of it? Oh, I will give it right to you. Yeah, I know. Um, I know. So, so, so here's the analogy. The analogy is imagine you walk into a room and it's completely dark, okay? So you walk into a room and it's totally dark. Now, if you were to, if somebody told you you needed to navigate from one side of the room to the other side of the room and it's dark and you've never been in that room before, it would be fairly difficult. Let's assume that the room is set up with lots of tables and chairs and all kinds of things that you could bump into and, you know, I don't know, stub a toe or hit a shin. Um, and, and if you were to navigate from one side of the room to the other, you may get there eventually, but it would be very difficult, right? It would be very frustrating. You wouldn't know the proper path. If all you did is take a moment and you flipped a light switch, the actual layout of the room doesn't change, but it illuminates. So in other words, the journey is now clear as opposed to being obscured. And it's just a simple flip of a switch. And now that illumination allows you to navigate far more successfully. So when it comes to parenting, when we don't have a perpetual love for our children in the moments they are the most frustrating we will find it difficult to navigate the situation with love. So when all we do is we let the frustration sort of overtake us, um, we say things we don't mean, 
we maybe apply, you know, punishments or, you know, what's that word? That's a word when you, uh, consequences, there it is. Consequences consequences. that, that maybe are not the most productive and all of that because we're in our anger more than we're in our love. And well, and also too, exactly. So there's the things that can come out of us that are negative, but then I think there's also something we have to be uh, uh, acknowledging, which is the lack of you showing up as your best self, which that's where the powerful parenting comes from because we can show up and, and maybe some negative stuff comes out. And then there's this place where we're kind of coasting, you know what I'm saying? But then there's this place where we're walking in gratitude, when we're yes. walking in that fullness of love for our child. And whenever we show up that way, it is different. It, it impacts different. It, 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 the quality of time, the quality of words, everything changes in how that interaction goes, which is, you know, so much different. So like, it's not only just that, that negative side, but the lack thereof of you coming across powerfully in in fullness of love for your kid. You know, to reference back to Steve Young and the law of love, if the law of love is to seek another's healing without expectation of what it means for us, right? When we don't have a dog in that fight or in that hunt, like when we can actually show up in full love of what it means to our children, that's exactly what you're talking about. And I think you're right. I think that is where the powerful parenting comes because now, we're governing from a place of understanding that maybe our kids don't have, but a place of love. And I'm pretty sure that that's how our heavenly father governs us too. Yeah, right. Um, and, and, and that's something that, that I, I think of all the time sidebar. Um, if you guys ever are wondering, like, how should I parent my kids? Just think of how God parents us. Yeah. And, and what I mean by that is, you know, when our kids do things that are really frustrating and we kind of want to hold it over their head, you know, God allows for us to be forgiven instantly. Right. And, um, and, and I believe, you know, provided his son to suffer for us so that we can repent perpetually knowing that we're going to make mistakes, but then that love and that forgiveness is ushered in, right. That's kind of his plan. And I think, you know, there's times when we want to hold grudges over our kids, right? Like, yeah. I can't believe you didn't make your bed again, you know, and then you're mad all day about it, right? And so I think of that all the time. And I also think that God makes it, allows us to make our own choices. Yeah. And he absolutely allows us to make our mistakes. But then he shows up, shows up in love and support when those times come. And so I think that that's a pretty good model to, to you know, to follow. So when it comes to this, this idea of, turning that light switch or this gratitude switch on, it it actually goes along with the formula FLIP. And here's the the formula, and then I'll talk you through it real quick. So it's F is find the frustration. L is look for what's awesome. I is to install gratitude. And P is to power up with gratitude, gratitude fuel. Okay. So let me walk you through these. Okay. And let's use it in a, let's actually use an example with our children. Okay. So my daughter uh, right now, she's 14. She is struggling with, with some depression and anxiety. And sometimes she's not the most pure version of her. Like, you know, if, if you have kids that struggle with this, you could tell like, when they're fully them and you could tell when they're like kind of a, a reflection of who, you know, they are, but that's not really them. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when she's n- not 100% like who, who I think she is naturally who her kind of God self is, you know, she makes some decisions that aren't great. 
And I'll just take a really super common one. Okay. So we have told her that she needs to make her bed before she leaves for school. Okay. Now, now the reason for this, this is so silly, right? We wake up and we make our bed. I mean, everybody has their own reason, but we know that that little bit of accomplishment and that little bit of organization for her at the top of her day, as she's struggling with the pressures of school, that's a little thing that you can check off and say, I did that thing and I did it successfully. And then you feel better when you walk into your room later that day. It's a little bit of accomplishment that seems insignificant, but it actually can have some pretty amazing um, sort of, you know, you know, ripple consequences throughout right. the day. Yeah. And now, um, of course, because we ask her to do it, like she, it's like the one thing she doesn't want to do, right? <laughs> of I mean, course. That's kind of how it works. So let's say that I go downstairs and I see that she didn't make her bed. Okay. You have found now, the frustration. <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. So my choice is, let's say she's already out of the house. I could shoot her a text. Why didn't you make your bed? Seriously, how many times do we have to talk about this, right? Now, if I am, if I realize that all that's going to do is put her on the defensive and then we're going to be in some sort of a battle. And then when she comes home, she's not going to be feeling good. I know that she's already got stress at school. So now I just added to her stress that she didn't do the thing that she already knew that she needed to do. And I've just reminded her of it. That's what I would do if I sent a text or if I called her and I was like, why didn't you make your bed or whatever. Now, if I were to use the formula, here's how it would work. Once I go downstairs, which is where she sleeps, we've got uh, our, our house is three floors and she's got her own room in uh, on the, in, like in the basement. It's like the biggest room in the house. She loves it. But so um, if I go in there and I see that the bed's not made and I immediately will feel frustrated. OK, now that's the natural thing that happens. Everybody is you will feel the frustration. But finding the frustration is more than just feeling it. Finding the frustration is saying, actually asking it. It's a question that we need to ask ourselves. We ask, why am I frustrated? And I know that seems insanely simple, right, Stephanie? But you and I both know that moment of cognitive awareness is a big difference maker. Okay. So we say, why am I frustrated? And then we just answer our own question. I'm frustrated because my daughter didn't make her bed again. Okay. Now we've identified the thing that we've got to do the work on. Okay. Then we look for what's awesome. Now, here's how you look for what's awesome. You find something embedded in the frustration that you can still think is awesome. So for example, she doesn't make her bed, but I look around her room and I see that her floor is clear. She doesn't have clothes all over the floor. I'm like, oh, well, good. She's at least been picking her room up. That's cool. I appreciate that, right? Maybe I look and I see that the, uh, the, stuffed animal what are those things called those like those squishmallows right oh yeah the squishmallows yes maybe i see that the squishmallow that i gave her two years ago when she was a 12 year old she still has featured prominently on her bed oh. and she slept with it that night and i think that's pretty awesome yeah. you know and then and then maybe i think about another memory with her of of oh, I remember what her face looked like when I gave her that she wanted it and to give it to her for Christmas we do this thing in our family where we do secret Santa and everybody just buys each other one gift so everybody doesn't have to buy gifts for everybody and she was my secret Santa that year and I got her that squishmallow and she was so excited and look what's happened all of a sudden that same frustration that she didn't make the bed I've now found something that's awesome her floors picked up she still sleeps with the squishmallow. I'm now remembering what it was like and what her face looked like and how she lit up. 
Maybe I think back to this Christmas when she lit up when we gave her, you know, tickets to go see Dear Evan Hansen or whatever it is, right? And all of a sudden, that moment of frustration has now shifted. And I'm thinking about multiple awesome things about my daughter. Maybe I'm looking and I'm like, oh, you know, I love that she is curling her hair every day because sometimes she just wants to wake up and be a 14-year-old and be like, I don't want to do anything. But but she her curling iron is out and and it's unplugged. And 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 I noticed that she doesn't have any technology in her room, right? She didn't bring her phone down and plug her phone in. And I'm thankful that her phone stayed upstairs that night. And I just start to think about all of these things that are awesome. Now, what I've done is it's kind of like we have a brain train and our brain starts chugging along on a track. And when we desire to be, or when we are frustrated, we start thinking about everything that's frustrating to us. And we just keep going down that track and we pick up momentum. But when we can find the frustration and acknowledge why we're frustrated and now look for something that's awesome embedded in the frustration, it slows that train down and it gives us this powerful moment in time by asking the question, what could possibly be awesome about this thing that I was frustrated? And then we look for it and then we teach and we, we, we train our brain so that now it starts to look for things that are awesome about our daughter in that moment, even though she didn't make her bed. And then we move to I. Mm-hmm. I is where we install gratitude. Now, here's where gratitude starts to be introduced. Installing gratitude works like this. In the book, I called it initiating gratitude because I wasn't smart enough to call it install. And I also wrote the book <laughs> like seven years ago. And uh, I've learned a lot since then. But installing gratitude is like when we have when we have our phone and we want to like download an app, we go to the app store and we install the app. So like if we want a game on our phone, we have something, we know we want a game. Right now, it's not tangible. So we install it and it becomes tangible on our phone, right? Now we have like a billion levels of Candy Crush like that. <laughs> and so installing gratitude is, is utilizing something that makes the non-tangible tangible for us. Now, I'm a big believer that there is power in language. And I'm a big believer that words create And so now we use words to create and cultivate gratitude, tactical gratitude, active, activating gratitude in the moment. And we do it by now saying in our minds, I'm thankful for the thing that was awesome embedded in the frustration. Okay. So we go, oh, I'm frustrated. She didn't make her bed. And then we go, okay, you know, well, what could be awesome? Well, at least her room's picked up. She didn't have technology in her room last night. She did what we asked there. She saw that squishmallow. I start to think of this stuff and then I go, I'm so thankful that she's picking up her bed. I mean, picking up her room. I'm so thankful that she's not trying to keep her phone in her room. I'm so thankful she still cuddles and hugs this squishmallow. And when we say that we're thankful for the thing that is awesome embedded in the frustration, it literally is the trigger for our body to release dopamine and serotonin which is the mood changer. And then we become rewarded and feel rewarded for exercising tactical gratitude inside of a moment, what would have otherwise been frustration. Can I, can and I then pause we you there for one second? Yes. Kevin, because Please. one thing you're saying, and I, I can imagine some of um, some people that I've had conversations with that express this extreme frustration because they feel like, and I can imagine them thinking this about you uh, of like, oh, well, Kevin was just born that way. Like he can just, he can just feel, you know, that gratitude and, and, and the way that you're talking about it, it does sound easy, but I want to acknowledge the fact that this is something you've worked on and you have developed and it is a skill that you can develop. Yes. Some people can tend to be born with a more positive attitude or someone who looks for the silver lining and everything, but 
the reality is, is this is a skill that can be trained. And so when we're in the midst of those moments with our kids and we're talking about installing gratitude and the way you're exuding that right now, Kevin, like, I know you really mean it. Was there a time when you were installing gratitude where it was hard for you to mean it and you had to like oh really gosh. work on that? Like, what is that like? So much, so much. So this is a skill that can be learned. Okay. It's not something you're born with naturally. And that's why the flip formula works because you're going step-by-step through a progression. And it's kind of like this, like if all you did is went to the gym and all you did is a couple bicep curls with a one pound weight, okay, you would never become as muscular as in shape as you want to be because that's not hard. Sometimes gratitude in the midst of frustration is really hard. And so what you got to do is you have to literally go through the process in your brain and do it until you start to feel a difference. So I'll give you an example. So when I, um, you know, we wrote the book, uh, we published the book about a month after we published the book, I realized we were in financial ruin um, because I had taken two years and spent everything we had in order to get the book into the world. We sold a couple thousand copies. It wasn't enough to, it was not millions and, and we were in trouble. I had to go get a job at the container store for $13 an hour. And I would often have to clean the bathroom at night oh my God. in the store. And I remember feeling so overwhelmed that I'd failed. And um, I'd already, this is after I written the book, right? And I'm still feeling like, oh my gosh, I'm a massive failure. And I'm here at the container store for $13 an hour. And I'm cleaning this bathroom at night. And I was constantly going, okay, I'm so frustrated that I'm here. But what could be awesome? Well, I mean, I'm I'm trading time for money. I know as an entrepreneur, that's not a thing we do, but it's the phase in my life where I have to. I mean, if I am here and clocked in, my gosh, I can make my mortgage payment. My kids will have a roof. And so I started to think about that. And then as I'm trying to install gratitude, I'm going, I am so thankful to be here. And I would practice that in in physical form, meaning as I was cleaning those bathrooms, I would volunteer to clean the bathroom. And I was like, I'm going to make these toilets sparkle. These are going to be the cleanest faucets, the cleanest like stainless steel partitions between the urinals that anybody has ever seen. Because for me, it was an outward expression of what should be a massive frustration. But I found something awesome, which is I get to do work that gets to put food on the table for my family. And that is absolutely something to be celebrated. But it was so difficult waking up, putting a name badge on and going to a job that I did not want to be at day after day. But then realizing that every single moment, every step that I took from my car into the store, I could be thankful for that step, thankful that I had energy in my limbs, thankful that I had the ability to trade time for money. But it was not easy. It was never easy. When your home is in foreclosure, your car has been repossessed, you feel like you're a failure and you're not sure how you're going to feed your family. And you're going to the change can that's on the microwave. Ours is green. And I'm pulling out just enough money to be able to have milk so the kids can have cereal because cereal's cheap enough to be able to buy and eat on a regular basis. There is, it is very difficult to find gratitude in those moments. And I'm telling you, it is possible. Yes. But you have to do the work And the work can come by going through this mental process that has a physical result. 
and, and which leads me to peace, Stephanie, because peace is where you power up with gratitude. And all that is, is once you install gratitude, your body will, will release serotonin and you will feel a mood shift. Your body will release dopamine and that will fuel you to do it again. And what is so crazy is our brains are literally hardwired to feel rewards when we do things like this. God has literally designed us so that we can reprogram our brain and how we view the world. It's like going to a 3D movie. If you went to a 3D movie and you took the glasses off, and you watch the entire movie, you'd still know what the movie was about, right? There wouldn't yeah. question. But when you put those glasses on, all of a sudden, it's so much more enjoyable. It's so much more sharp and in focus. Gratitude is like putting those glasses on. And when we practice tactical gratitude like this, where we find the frustration and look for what's awesome, install gratitude by saying that we're thankful for the thing that is awesome, embedded in the frustration, and we feel that shift. It, it's like LASIK for our soul. We rewire who we are. So if, if people are sensing, oh, it must be easy for him. This is just something that's natural. That's because I've been working at this for a decade, rewiring my brain every day with every little frustration. And that may seem overwhelming to you, my friends, but let me tell you something. Don't worry about 10 years. Worry about the next frustration. Worry about the very next one. The very next time your kid doesn't make their bed. The very next time they don't brush their teeth, the very next time that they back talk you, that very next time, find that frustration, realize why you're frustrated. Look for something awesome about them and in that situation. Install gratitude by saying you're thankful for that thing that's awesome, better than the frustration. Watch the shift happen. Show up as the most full, amazing version of you. And over time, it becomes you. It doesn't have to be something you do. It literally becomes who you are. Yes. Hey, powerful parents, Stephanie here. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Did you know that statistics show that 88% of Americans say they eat dinner with their family every night or a few times a week? I think that's a pretty awesome stat. But if you're anything like me and you're an entrepreneur, then after a day filled of putting out fires and maybe various events testing your patients, sometimes it's hard to think of questions that can help you really connect with your kids beyond the standard, how was your day? When my kids were just littles, I put together a list of questions to solve this problem and to help us have something to connect with over dinner time. And now I would love to share my curated dinner questions with you. This is good for littles and for bigs. There's lots of different varying questions in there. And these questions are going to help to ensure that the conversation is not just lively, but will bring you closer to your children while you enjoy a delicious meal together. As a listener of this podcast, you can get access to these questions at www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Once you're there, make sure to type in your best email and I'll have my team shoot over the questions for you. Once you get the questions, I encourage you to make this a family affair. Print them out. Have your kids help you cut them out. We even grabbed a mason jar and my kids decorated it. And that's where we put all of our questions. And that same mason jar still sits on or near our dinner table to this day. We've been using these questions for close to eight years now. And I've really enjoyed the fun conversation and connection that's come from them. I hope your family enjoys them as much as mine have. Again, that's www.powerfulparentingtribe.com. Now back to the show. Kevin, what I love so much about everything that you just said is that whenever we're looking at this, we talk, I talk a lot about parenting muscles, right? And nowadays in our world, there's so many things that um, unfortunately cause us to not have to use our parenting muscles. And um, again, remember on powerful parenting, this is not about being anti-technology. This is not about any of that. This is about being pro-connection. And this is very much so about um, no judgment, 
so whenever I say this, I, I hope you don't assign judgment to yourself because I'm definitely not assigning it to you if you're listening right now. Um, but in our day and age, you know, you can hand over a phone to a child or an iPad if they're throwing a fit and all of a sudden you don't have to deal with the fit. So that is a lost opportunity for you as a parent to grow your parenting muscles. Now, is there a time where you just plop an iPad and you just got to do it and it just makes sense? Yes, of course. But I feel like nowadays we don't have as many opportunities uh, because of, of, of the luxuries that we have nowadays. And so a lot of times we can just almost like abdicate our parental duties over to devices. And I'm not blaming anybody because goodness gracious, we live in a crazy world and there's this pull and our children just want the technology and there's this addiction and there's so much going on there. But these parenting muscles, there's, there's, there's human muscles that we've got to grow too, just in our own mind. And I think a lot of what you're talking about, Kevin, is um, emotional intelligence, right? And yeah, being in tune with and understanding that your emotions have different maturity levels. You have to learn how to have emotional intelligence. And I feel like uh, flipping the switch is a huge, huge tool and asset that people can take and use in their own lives to not just eliminate frustrations in parenting, but to love better and to connect better. Because the initial motivation can be a little bit of survival. Like, God, I just don't want to feel frustrated anymore. I don't want to argue with my kids anymore. I'm I'm tired of it. I, this is not what I thought parenting was going to be. But if we take it one step further, it can lead us right into the what 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 my ultimate goal is is to be a powerful parent and to love them well, right? Not just survive and not have another fight, but to lean in and like actually be a presence in their life where they experience love that they may not encounter again. You know, where they experience a kind of belonging that you don't often find in the world, but they find it in the home and they find it in my arms. They find it in the love of John and I, right? And so, gosh, this this tool that you're talking about is so powerful because I feel like we stay so busy, especially as entrepreneurs. And, and that's why, you know, Powerful Parenting, this podcast is for all the parents out there. But predominantly because I'm an entrepreneur, I want to speak to that you know, side of entrepreneurialism. And we are people, not that everybody doesn't have ambition, but we are people of abnormal ambition. We want to be successful. We want to make things happen. We have ideas that are happening all the time and opportunities and, and all of this stuff. And, and there's, we have finite amount of energy as parents, as human beings. And we have to be careful about how we're spending that energy and making sure we're not, we're not losing and giving it all to um, our entrepreneurial endeavors. And then coming home and not having anything left for our children, right? Or stepping away from the computer so and be on on empty, you know? And so sometimes we have to lean into those moments. And I, and I hope for you guys, like, like for me, Kevin's story is going to stick in your mind. Like I, I have been so fortunate to experience some incredible success with my agency. And uh, just in my crazy journey as an entrepreneur over the past seven years, it's changed our lives forever, like forever, forever. And I can only imagine... Uh, I think Russell Brunson calls it cycling when you start a business and you experience great success and then all of a sudden something happens and whatever happens and, you know, there you go, you find yourself and you feel like you're at the bottom of a pit where this is not what you thought it was going to be and you have to start all the way over. And so your story is so inspiring to me because to imagine to be at that point where you got to go get at that $13 an hour job and you're freaking scrubbing toilets, but you chose you were choosing intentionally right then and there. And I just want to call that out and just appreciate that about who you are, that you called that out and you were willing to sit there looking at the freaking toilet 
and flip the switch of gratitude and find what you could look for. And and you grew that skill. And it's now at work in your life. You're super successful. You are just a delight to be around. You've got this beautiful family. And I'm sure, you know, nobody's perfect. But but how amazing is that? That 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 influence and those choices that you made have led to a completely different life, right? And so um, now in your life, I would love to know, how are you teaching your kids about this concept? Like, what does it look like whenever yeah. you're actually teaching them this concept? Yeah. So they, they all, uh, they, I have these light switch covers that I made. It's on the cover of my book too. And it, it literally says flip the gratitude switch. It's like an old school toggle switch. So those are in their room. We've done, you know, lessons on a regular basis of like the visual connection of what gratitude can do, but what we do in the moment is we'll literally just ask them, like when they're frustrated, I think it's very important that we don't discount the fact that our kids are feeling frustrated. Yes. Um, sometimes we love to gloss over that, right? We love to just be like, it's fine. Like, you're fine. Like, just deal with it. But it's like, buddy, that's hard. I'm so sorry you're feeling frustrated right now. That's really tough. Yeah. But can you, and we'll walk them through. We'll be like, can you think of something that's like, kind of cool about like I'll give you an example this morning I'm helping my son with math okay he struggles he'd done most of his math right he wrote a couple answers wrong um he gets emotional when he knows he did something wrong it's my nine-year-old and and I was like buddy come here we gotta fix we gotta fix this we need to you you know the answer but let's just write it the right way and then I had him think it through and he was getting really frustrated I was like buddy I'm so sorry that math can be hard I know that's super frustrating but look at all these other answers you already got right. And guess what? Can you tell me the answer to this one right now? And he told me, I was like, see, you already know the answer. Isn't that awesome? So I'm literally talking him through the mental process instead of just glossing over the frustration. And instead of just saying, just write the answer down. Come on, we got to get to school. It's like you take these moments, these precious, incredible, unbelievable moments, and you use it to... You, it's one thing to talk to your kids and say, hey, find the frustration, look for what's awesome and follow gratitude. And they may or may not do it, right? But when you can talk them through and open up a space for them to actually give them those suggestions and help them go through that process, I will tell you something. My two sons, um, I did a better job with them than I've done with with my daughter. And my daughter, you know, she she struggles, but she uh, she's not always the most thankful person, but she actually is. She just doesn't always express it. Um, but my sons are like, it's incredible to see them. And they are so outwardly gracious. Mm. And and actually my daughter is too when she's not around us, when she's around others, but they're so <laughs> outwardly gracious in saying thank you that I know that they're not saying it because it's customary. They're feeling something. And that is because we've tried and failed and sometimes been successful at talking them through the mental, emotional process when things get tough and when things feel frustrating. And if you take a moment, and I will tell you, I think everybody knows this, when you are having those tough conversations and you are trying to help the kids figure some things out, please do it eye to eye at their level. Do not stand above them. Do not look down upon them and tell them what they should or shouldn't do. Get on the floor below them or right on your knees at their level and say, let's talk this through. And I get that you're frustrated. I am so sorry. That is really hard. 
validate the fact that your kids are feeling what they're feeling. We don't want to discount those feelings. Validate that. So, so sorry you're feeling frustrated. And if you need them to articulate why they're frustrated, ask them to tell you why they're frustrated. And then help them see what could be awesome inside of the frustration. And then ask them for some things that they could find. They say, wow, buddy, you know what? You get right. I'm so thankful you are figuring this stuff out. It's hard at school, but you are doing awesome, buddy. And I love it. That's what I said to him today. And then you're naturally powering up with gratitude because you're naturally going through this, this feeling. And what happens? just like it changes us, it also changes our kids and they begin to rewire and they begin to tread a new path so that when hard things happen, they're emotionally intelligent enough to realize life doesn't happen to you. I mean, it does happen to you, but you always retain control of how you choose to react to life as it's happening. And and so that's kind of what we've done. It's, It's eye to eye, it's belly to belly, it's physical touch. And it's talking it through and guiding them through so that it can become a part of them, just like hopefully it's become a part of us. Oh, gosh, I love that so much, Kevin. Um, what Kind of in closing, last thing I want to ask you is, you know, there's going to be a lot of different types of entrepreneurs listening to this. And if there's one entrepreneur maybe that's listening right now that feels like, golly, that just seems so hard and so distant. And um, I'm not sure how to that I could, that I could even do that. You know, I stay so busy all the time, or maybe they're just feeling uh, kind of guilt ridden right now. Um, what would you say to that person if they were on the call with us today? I would say to them, if I could tell you that you could shift the entire trajectory of your life in less than 60 seconds, would you give me those 60? And I would imagine everybody would be willing to part with 60 seconds. And then I would tell them that the flip formula takes less than 30. (laughs) And so take two opportunities today to when you notice that you're feeling frustrated with your kids in real life, whatever it is, to go through, find the frustration, look for what's awesome, install gratitude and fill yourself with power with gratitude. It'll take you less than 30 seconds. You have time to try it at least twice today. And if if you just try it twice, if you feel something, Maybe you allocate another 30 or 60 seconds tomorrow. And don't you don't feel like you have to do it every time, all the time, every time the kids are frustrating you or every time they don't do something or every time something goes wrong in the business. Don't worry about doing it every time. Just do it once today. If it felt good, maybe do it twice. You've got the time. Yeah. You don't need a pen. You don't need a paper. You just need your amazing brain and just a few seconds to physically or mentally go through this cognitive process that can shift everything for you. Because if you shift enough moments, you shift days. Days turn to weeks, weeks to months, and months to years. Years become lifetimes, but it all starts with moments. So shift one today if you don't have time to shift more. And that begins the process. Oh, gosh, Kevin, that's so amazing. Thank you so much for being on. Will you tell everybody how do they get your phenomenal book and how do they find out more about you? Oh, thank you so much, Stephanie. And thank you for having me on. You're such a light in this world. You're such an amazing human. And I'm just thankful to know you and to be associated with you and to learn from you and to watch you be exceptional. And if you're listening to this podcast right now, you guys don't ever miss an episode. Stephanie is the most amazing human in the world. And she 
is doing something that is going to change millions of lives. And I'm just thankful to be a part of it. If you do want to connect with me, folks, uh, you could find my book on Audible. You could find it on Amazon. You could also just go to kevinclayson.com. Um, that's kind of my speaker website. Uh, I get a chance to do a bunch of talks around the country at schools and junior highs and um, and for businesses and stuff like that too. And so we get to share this. So, But Audible, Amazon, Kindle, kevinclayson.com. And I would also just offer this to Stephanie. If any of your listeners reach out to you and, and they feel like they would like a copy of the book, or, but for whatever reason, they don't feel like they can afford it, will you just let me know? I'd love to send them a copy uh, at my expense, just if it would be helpful. And if you want, do you want me to give you... If you want to give it to your listeners, I actually add the books on Audible, but I have a, an audio version on SoundCloud. Do you want me to just give that to you? And that way, everybody listening can just have the audio book oh on gosh. SoundCloud for free. That is so gracious of you. That would be awesome. incredible. That would yeah, be- no opt-in, no, nothing. I'll just I'll just give it to you. You just give it away. If it can make a difference and 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 shift a, a parental interaction today, it's worth it, right? <laughs> right, exactly, totally. And and I love that because you actually said uh, something else. Another quote from from your website. You said, "No matter what may become of me or my book." I knew that I needed to write it for my children. So if one principle from that book can help even one of my children be a little more happy at any point in their life, then all the time, blood, sweat, tears, and money, all of it will be worth it 1 million times over. So not only impacting, you know, your family, but impacting other people as well. And so, and and I just want to say, uh, I don't know about you guys, if you're an entrepreneur, uh, Russell actually turned me onto this, this whole idea, but you get the physical book and then you listen to the audio and you actually can consume it. And I actually process books so much better and get so much more out of it when I'm listening to the audio and I have the physical book. It's so powerful. And I go through it faster. So I actually finish the book because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. yeah I got a nightstand <laughs> of books that I have not finished because I don't have the audible part yep, of it. Right. <laughs> but this has been an absolute pleasure, Kevin. I really, appreciate you. And and guys, if you're listening right now, I, I hope that this uh, has been an encouragement. Powerful parenting is a journey. It's not a destination. And so sometimes we often go through our journey as a parent and we have our ups and we have our downs. And this podcast might find you whenever you're in a down moment. And I hope that you will hear the hope and the inspiration because you can be the powerful parent that you want to be. You really can be. And I love what Kevin and how he said it, that, you know, moments turn into minutes and minutes turn into hours and hours turn into days and days turn into weeks. And, and it's, it's one, one moment uh, at a time that we can take it. And um, the accumulation of those moments means the world to our children. And powerful parenting is about you as a parent, but it's mostly for me personally, it's about your kids. I want your kids to feel connected to you because that is the thing that's going to help them feel healthy and connected and grow and have a place and belong in this world. And so, yeah, this is about you. This is mostly about your babies. This is mostly about the ones that have been entrusted to you and for you to lean in and and to, to have hope and to have inspiration to be the best, most powerful parent that you possibly can be as you go in the journey. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. Go grab Kevin's book and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. I truly hope you enjoyed our episode today on the Powerful Parenting Journey podcast. Make sure to hit follow and subscribe so that you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You're not going to want to miss a thing. I promise. If you were impacted by this episode, do me a favor and leave a review with a comment. I read every one of them and I also pass them along to our guests. 
If this episode made you think of someone, go ahead, take a screenshot and share this episode with them or post it on your social media to share with friends. You can catch the show notes for this episode and any mentioned links at powerfulparenting.com forward slash podcast. If you want to see more behind the scenes with me and my guests, be sure to find me on Instagram or Facebook. It's where we can have deeper conversations on these podcasts. Take care. And remember, it's not about being a perfect parent. It's about taking each day and working on showing up powerfully for our kids. They deserve it. And you are the parent for the job. See you on the next episode.